In today's episode, we're going to get into the world of dumpins and the mech limit. So let's dive into it. So when I'm talking to folks, I get a lot of question about dumpins. Now, dumpins is a term that I use for additional money that goes into the policy that's on top of the premium that you're already doing into the policy. Now, dumpins are great because hey, right? The whole method and idea behind infinite banking is I'm trying to get every dollar that runs through my hand, run it through my privatized banking system first, and then take it out to go buy the products and services I want, make the transactions, or go do the investments adventures that I'm looking at doing. So how I picture my policy is a funnel. I picture my policy as a funnel because what I'm doing is I want to funnel or or maybe filter. I want to filter my dollars through my policy first so I always and forever keep earning that uninterrupted compounding interest that's happening inside of the policy. So when folks have a good payday, right, they get a good windfall from work, uh, they got a bonus, they sold a house, they, they sold a motorcycle, a boat, whatever it may be, and they're sitting on this large pot or chunk of cash. And typically this chunk of cash is sitting somewhere like your conventional checking or savings account. So what people will ask me is they'll say, well, Hannah, you know, my premium for my policy, I'm putting in 12000 a year into my policy. I have this year uh, an extra 12000 that I would like to put into it. Can I do that? And so now that's what I call a dump in. Most of the times when I see dump-ins is when folks have that large cash pot that's sitting on the side that's not doing them much. Because, I mean, let's be honest right now, y'all. If you're having your money just sit for you inside of a checking or a savings account and you're earning what? 0.02%, 0.1%? Um, crap, maybe sometimes you can find a bank that will pay you 1% on your money. But most of the time, if you're not letting that money move and work for you, you're actually losing that money due to the hidden tax called inflation. So what they will do is they'll say, well, why am I storing my money inside of the conventional bank, losing money while I'm doing it? Instead, I can just use that money and put it inside of my whole life policy that's specifically engineered and designed for this infinite banking concept. Because if you're working with somebody who truly understands this concept of infinite banking, they're going to put these dollars into the policy as something called paid up additions riders. So that extra dumping that you're putting in into the policy, that's going in as paid up additions riders, where in return, you're going to have immediate cash value access to that money. And right, my definition of immediately is within 30 days. As soon as you make that premium deposit into your policy, you now have cash inside of your policy that you can take out and start moving and go make more money off of it.
I am not going to get into base premium, paid up editions, riders, and all of those moving parts in this episode, but go check out our YouTube, The Money Multiplier on YouTube, and you can see one of my videos on there is how I explain the base, the paid up editions, riders, and how they all work together one in one. So dump-ins are fun because, right, y'all understand why we want to put it into the policy. Earn my uninterrupted compounding, take it out, and then at the same time, my dollars are in the policy forever earning me interest. I'm out here using it in the real world, doing things, buying things, going on vacations, whatever you please with it. So now that touches on another method called the mech limit or, or, or the MEC status, the MEC law, whatever you want to call it. So MEC, it stands for Modified Endowment Contract. And what that is, is because our lovely government, right? Uncle Sam wanted his cut. What they did is they came in, it was back in June or July of 88. They came in and they created this MEC law. And what this MEC law states is, is that we cannot overstuff or overfund our policy contracts. So imagine that this imaginary line that's throughout all policy contracts. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to go over this imaginary line. Basically, we can't fit 12 ounces of water in a 10-ounce glass. So if we overstuff this contract, what's going to happen is, is that our policy, it's no longer going to be treated as a contract anymore. It's now going to be treated as an investment and thus it's subject to taxation. And let me tell you something, really the main reason why the government came in and created this law is because they realized a lot of the elite and wealthy individuals were throwing in a boatload of cash into their whole life policies. And they were thinking to themselves, oh my gosh, I can put cash inside of this vehicle, get it into a tax-free environment where it grows tax-free for me and the government's completely out of my hair. Heck yeah, I want to do do that. So how does the mech and the dumpin play hand in hand together? So the dumpin is going to be pushing you towards that mech limit. So we just have to be careful. So if you're working with an infinite banking practitioner, they're going to be aware of this mech law. So what you want to do is if you're somebody and you're just starting your policy, this thing just got approved, you're just now starting it, you haven't even funded that first initial premium yet. What you can do is you can go to your person and say, hey, you know, I know my premium is 20000 a year, but I have an extra thirty that's sitting inside of my bank account that's not doing much for me. Could you design me something where in this first year I'm putting in a total of fifty, and then each and every year after that I'm putting in my 20s? They can absolutely do that for you. So just go and ask. So if you have a policy that's just on the initial forefront, it's not active or in force yet, you can design the policy to accommodate this dump in and it avoid the mech status. 
And that, that's a that's a whole other topic I'm not going to get into, but, it, but it's just adding on what's called a term rider to the policy. So, right, everyone knows what term insurance is. It's that cheap uh, death benefit only policy that, that uh, people will get just to cover themselves in the event that something tragic were to happen. And, right, term is cheap. That's why people like it. So they, they will add on that term rider that will not make this policy turn into that mech status. However, so now let's say that you're just here in this podcast and you've already started your policy. Maybe you got three, four, five, ten policies already. So what you want to do now is you want to call up your agent or your practitioner that you're working with. Say, hey, I just heard this really cool idea where I can actually put more money into my policy than the premium that I'm doing. Ask them how much wiggle room does your policy contract have to be able to hold those extra funds because what your person or your practitioner, your agent, your advisor, what they're going to do is they're going to call up the home office of the insurance company and they're going to ask that question. They're going to ask, hey, how much paid up additions riders can my person, Mary Smith, stick into her policy without it? causing the mech status and the home office is going to go in they'll run their numbers and they'll come back and tell you how much extra dollars this policy contract can can hold without it causing that mech so if you have come to a point well before I get into that what I want to say is is that I in my personal opinion, I feel like you should completely max out the policy that you have. If you've got some extra funds that's just lingering around, that's you, you don't plan to put into the market, you don't have any uh, investment deals you want to go put it to work for or any debt you're trying to pay off, see if your policy contract can hold that extra dollar amount that you're looking to do. And my suggestion is to just max out the policies that you already have, right? Max it up completely to that mech limit. And then when you find yourself that you have extra capital left over, that this contract can't simply hold it, that's when and why people open up more and more policies because they don't want to have taxation. So what they're doing is they're opening up their branch offices of their privatized bank, right? Just how like Bank of America, you got Bank of America on Main Street, and then you can go three blocks down the road, and there it is on Third Street, right? You're just going to have your branch offices of your privatized bank. And as you go through this concept and this method, you are going to have multiple policies, i.e. multiple branch offices of your bank. Because infinite banking isn't just just using or utilizing one policy to do everything in life. You know, you're going to have multiple policies as you go through life. Because remember, the ultimate goal that we're trying to reach is to have our income equal our premiums. So, That's the ultimate goal of what we're trying to reach. Nelson Nash in his book, he says it takes 15 to 25 years for this goal to be obtained. So, right, it's not going to happen overnight. But infinite banking is a lifestyle change, 
right? Because what we're doing is instead of storing our wealth inside somebody else's bank and they're lending it out, making a good living off of our money, the depositor's money, what we're going to do is we're just going to change the game and flip-flop. We are going to be storing our wealth inside our privatized bank we're going to be lending it to ourselves and then we are going to be making all of that interest on ourselves rather than somebody else making it on us. So to be honest with you, I do really like dump-ins. I, if I can, I will do them. I like dump-ins because my mindset is, is that I know, you know, based on my income and when I'm budgeting and whatnot, hey, maybe I can't make 50000 a year premium into my policy. It's just not feasible for me right now with what I'm bringing in. But I know maybe I can make 10000 a year into my policy. And remember, right, y'all, your premiums, they don't have to be on an annual basis. You... When you're working with us here at the Money Multiplier, I am never going to tell you how much to put inside of your policy. You are going to tell me that. And you can put premium in on a monthly, quarterly, twice a year, or annual basis. You get to choose the amount and you get to choose the mode. So now back to my example, let's say that I can't make 50000 a year into my policy each and every year, but I know I can make 10000 a year into my policy. So what I'll do is I'll say, hey, I'm going to be putting 50000 for this first year into my policy, and then each and every year after that, I'm going to be doing my 10000 premium deposits into my policy. And what I've noticed when designing these policy illustrations is, is that when I do put in more upfront. As soon as I get those dollars into the policy, I see my wealth become even greater because from day one, every dollar that gets into it, it starts compounding. So I notice it versus a, a 10,000 straight through and through policy. When I do that extra dump in, I see my numbers be even greater because inside of it, I'm compounding on all of that 50,000 instead of this the 10,000 that I would have done in the first year. Now brings me to my next segment of the new tax law, the section 7702, because I get this question a lot and I think it plays very well into the MEC limit. So here's what's happening. So uh, December 31st of 2020, they came out with this new tax change for the section 7702. And what this is stating is, is that in all whole life policy contracts, the guaranteed interest is going to be going down. So it's not going to be that 4% that we all know right now. This new change is going to come into effect January 1st of 2022. So no one knows right now what the guaranteed rate is going to be inside policy contracts. I've been hearing around the grapevine it might be three and a half percent, it might be three and a quarter percent. But what I do know is that due to this new change, our MEC limit on the policy is going to be a lot higher. 
which is good because what's going to happen is is that we're going to be able to stuff in a lot more of cash into the policy without having to add on all of that extra garbage. I'm sorry, I shouldn't call it garbage, but I, I'm in term is just not my favorite in my opinion. I'd rather be spending my dollars elsewhere, benefiting me, making me more money than just in death benefit term rider that's eventually going to fall off my policy. So I like this because I know I'm going to be able to stick a lot more cash inside the policy without having to add on all of those extra moving components to keep the policy tax free. My other input on this is I feel like we're going to be receiving higher dividends in the future. So what I mean by this is, is that I feel like they're coming in and creating this change because of the low interest rate environment that we are in right now. So what's happening is, is that all of our insurance companies, right? How do they make money, right? What they do is they take our premiums in and then they go out and they reinvest it. They find um, um, government bonds, uh, treasury notes, they find home mortgages, um, real estate developments, right? Like a, a lot of of these large apartment buildings or shopping malls, shopping centers, a lot of those are funded from insurance companies. So what they're seeing is, is that they want to make sure that they can keep up with their contractual obligation of that guaranteed interest that they have to give each and every policy owner. So in order to do this, what they're doing is they are going to be decreasing the guaranteed rate that folks get within inside of their whole life policy contract. I see this being a good thing. And, and the reason I say that is, is because if they don't have to keep up with the 4% contractual obligation that they promised their policyholders, what they're going to do is if their dollars keep rolling in how they are, yes, they're going to be decreasing the guaranteed side, but I think we will see this in the makeup of the, in the form of a dividend. Because if they don't have to keep up with the contractual obligations of that four, and let's say they're promising us now with three and a half percent. Well, their obligation is not as large anymore. So when they do receive those profits that come in from their investments, they're just going to give us the policyholders that back in the form of a dividend, right? Because the reason that you want to work with mutual companies is, is because we, the policyholders, we share in the profits and the dividends of that insurance company totally different from a stock company. So that's why I've been saying for the last eight months now that there is a fire sale going on on whole life policies. So if you have not started it yet, I would get in now because now and, and is the only time when you can lock in that contractual 4% within the policy. So go talk to somebody. But at the end of the day, it's not about the, the, the rate of return. 
Nelson Nash will preach that all day long. It's not about rate of return, rate of return, rate of return. Because remember, you guys, infinite banking is not an investment. These whole life policies that you're practicing and you're put placing in your, your toolbox kit now, it's not an investment. And I want to drive that one home because I get that question so many times. Infinite banking is not about the rate of return. What's your doing is you are now being in total control of the banking aspect of your life, getting tax-free benefits, guaranteed cash accumulation, and with a permanent death benefit that you now can leave to your children, your family, your heirs at the time of your passing. Because remember, y'all, it's not if we die, it's when we die. And when we die, we can now leave this financial literacy to our families along with all of the assets that our policy has bought us during the time that we are living and that that tax-free death benefit that will get paid out to the family. So again, I don't see much change coming down the road with the new law. Yes, the contracts are going to look a little bit different and, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see how the insurance companies roll out with their new products, what they're going to look like and kind of being a numbers nerd, but I'm excited to go in there and practice and see what they look like and compare it from uh, th this new product versus the last product that we've been using based on the, the mortality tables that they just updated at the beginning of 2020. But I I'm excited to see what is going to come down the road and how these policies are going to perform. Because truthfully, I don't think I'm going to see any difference in the performance, my uses of the policy. I mean, no, never, never, never. It's never going to be different from the uses of the policy, how you're using it now. It's still going to be that cash flow that you can utilize at the same time, all of your cash is still sitting in the policy compounding. You're able to utilize that cash flow within the policy to go turn around and make those transactions and investments. Because really, at the end of the day, we're all going and striving towards the same goal. What we're trying to do is live the life of true financial freedom. And true financial freedom to me means when your passive income rises and exceeds your monthly expenses. That's the definition of true freedom because now you have time freedom. You have family freedom. You can go do whatever you want and you don't have to worry because you got mailbox money coming into the door. That's what I want all of you guys to live and practice and be. And I, and I would never think that I would be here in a million years being second generation to this concept. I'm very blessed and I want to share my knowledge with you guys. So that's all I have on this episode. If you have questions, contact me. So uh, go to our website, www.themoneymultiplier.com. And uh, you, you can go on there, submit a, a info request, or hey, I'll email me, y'all. My, my email is Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at themoneymultiplier.com. 
And if you like this content, you like this video, please give us five stars, subscribe, uh, turn on that bell notification so you know when we post. And I'll hope to see you guys on the next episode. We'll talk soon. 